are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Blue Rabbit was a gamification platform doing 7,000 bucks a month about two years ago. COVID hit them hard. They're now doing 200 bucks a month. They do have some seasonality where they'll do about, you know, five, six, up to 10, 20, 30,000 bucks in revenue. So they haven't shut it down yet, but he is working on a side project, uh, which he'll launch here shortly. We'll see what happens. Hey, folks, my guest today is Bernardo Letaif. He's an expert trainer and speaker with over 10 years in the gamification industry, formerly a teacher and web UX designer. He created Blue Rabbit to gamify education. The award-winning platform has successfully gamified over 12,000 players in all continents and is currently being used to gamify corporate training programs, events, and schools. Bernardo, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, I'm sure I am. All right. Give me the update. When we last spoke, you were serving 45 customers. How That was in 2020. Yeah. How many customers are you working with today and how are they using you? Well, unfortunately, we're very down that path. Um, we lost a lot of business because of the pandemic. So from the 45 we had, we um, I'm pretty sure that we're only somewhere around 12 now. Um, okay. Because uh, we have a lot more independent individual users but we lost a lot of uh, big businesses that were working with us. So yeah, we're a little so down. So does that. that mean revenue is also down since 2020? Way ooh, down, really way down. We're, we're, we're really <laughs> under the covers right now. Well, so how do you decide like when you shut this thing down? Because in 2020, you told me you were doing about 7,000 bucks a month in revenue, right? So it's yeah. about 80,000 a year. If you're way down, I mean, you're making like 10, 20 grand a year. Why not shut this down and go get a full-time job or something? Well, the the situation I am is, is standing at right now, it's a little complicated because we moved to Florida and now uh, I have certain visa restrictions, so I cannot get a job right now. So I'm still pushing for Blue Ride for a little while. And I was also invited to a different project I'm working on um, with some people in Germany. So uh, right now I'm kind of like doing that and I am taking care full time of my daughter. So it's also it's also another uh, really upside of my of my current current status you can see behind you we see that we see that all the yeah <laughs> the stickers right, so, everywhere and yeah so so what is mrr today um sorry what's mmr i'm monthly or monthly recurring revenue oof uh it should be so <laughs> i know it sounds uh i really wanted to share this because I, i've been hearing all the other uh entrepreneurs that that interview with you and they have really great numbers but we've been doing well, not very, always very, not always there's all kinds of stories yeah, I wanted to share one that's uh, a little bit of a struggle here. Um, we're somewhere around uh, $200 a month. So it's really, really, really low. But mm -hmm. it's keeping us afloat with uh, a little bit of the cost, a little bit of keeping up the service around. Um, and um, thankfully, the last around the last month, we got three contracts with, uh, with some of our, our former clients. And we recovered a little bit from the from the very uh, slippery slope, so we got a little bit of revenue in the past um, a month. We got somewhere around uh, Bernardo, though. I mean, this is oh, regardless yeah. if you get like a couple extra bucks. I mean, this is the entrepreneur struggle, right? I mean, you got a new kid, you're cranking along. I mean, but you can't like pay rent and buy food on two hundred bucks a month. Absolutely, I have the fortune of of a beautiful wife who has been able to support us for a good time. 
uh, okay, so she has the safer sort of corporate gig that it frees up your time to take the risk on the startup? A little bit, yes. I see. Is she also in software? Yeah, she works for one of the biggest uh, tech companies. Ah, very cool. So why not? I mean, you have the luxury of sort of experimenting here. And I believe, are you also an engineer? Do you write code? I do write code, yes. I'm well, not I an see, engineer, so why but not, I do write code. Why not pivot? Why not try something new? That's what I'm doing with uh, with with this uh, people I'm working with in Germany. We're pivoting into a different um, a, a different. So, the what do you mean me, you're working with them? Are you a co-founder at a new company from with German co-founders, or what do you mean working with German people? Yeah, we're we're working on a new company with these people over there. I I okay. really don't want to disclose much because we we both agree that we're not going to disclose a lot about it right now. We're still working on our MVP to to release it, um, but it's. Kind of like a step before of what you would do with Blue Rabbit. Uh, as a software, it would be like like on a higher end that reaches out to a different market, to a broader market, and it's uh, a lot easier to to sell and build on it. But but it's also pre revenue. Yeah. And how did you find this German co-founder, and what gets you excited about this new idea? Well, he's another gamification expert, uh, and. He reached out to me because he learned a little bit of the struggle I was going through Blue Rabbit when we were talking about it in social media. And uh, he reached out and said, hey, why don't you come over? You, uh, I feel like I, I'm talking with him a little bit when I'm talking to you because he was kind of like with this same approach. Hey, why don't we try something different? I've been thinking about this idea for a while, and I know that you that, that you could uh, move a little bit around there. And they're like, let's do it. So that, that's what I've been working in the past uh, few months. Mm-hmm. Would you ever sell Blue Rabbit for you know five thousand bucks? I don't know. That's a, that has been a very big question uh, on our end. I've talked to my uh, partners, and the the thing is about the seasonality of Blue Rabbit. If, as you said, like selling it for five thousand dollars or something um, within the seasonality between September and uh, March, maybe or a little bit February, it's going to we sell a lot more. And we make a lot more than five thousand dollars in that in that in that period. But it's not enough to get us through the entire year. It's like you end up making thirty thousand dollars in in that period of time, and um, so it makes no sense to sell it because it at the same time allows me to sell. Uh, why do all these Why do all these customers quit? I mean, if they love the tool and they're willing to pay you per month, yeah. why do they churn? Um, well, one of those I can tell you it was going to be a very big contract. It was going to be somewhere around two hundred thousand a year. And uh, they, within the, the corporation, they cannibalized the gamification team they had built. I mean, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I helped this company to build a team. I even hired, wh- helped them hire one of the gamification experts that was going to work with them. And uh, in the end of throughout 20, at the beginning of 2021, they started stripping the team all the way around. And I was like, what's happening here? So um, apparently they had some uh, business, different business approach, and they moved out of it. I I even got into an interview to work for the United Nations uh, in the training program. And we're not. Totally sorry, we're getting dist- we're getting distracted though. So you had forty five. No, we had forty five customers though. Yeah. You churned about thirty of them. So yeah. that's a lot. I mean, did something break and you couldn't fix the code, or what happened? Nothing like that. They just stopped using it because internal decisions. They started changing. There maybe have been. Manage, uh, change in management. Uh, were, those were decisions that were completely off our hands. We're like, hey, but you don't want to do it again? They're like, no, we love the tool. Then why don't continue with it? Oh, yeah, we you know the budget changed. They didn't want to do it. I'm like, 
I don't get it. I, I really couldn't understand what was happening. My only, the, the only thing that I could make, um, give some sort of reason behind it, make Captain the, the COVID pandemic hit them hard or something, or they started moving budget. And gamification has a problem that you really need to engage for a couple of years so that you can actually start looking at really huge numbers before you get a lot of data. And sometimes I believe the companies get uh, desperate because they don't see all the results immediately as if you have a basic... Well, I mean, but that's a massive ask. You're asking people to pay you for four years before they see any value. Who would agree to that? Well, that's what I had with these big companies and uh, some of them... Yeah, but if you know that's a problem, if you know it's a problem, though, why not change it? Why can't you change your onboarding to deliver a dopamine hit within the first 10 hours? We do. We, We... Okay, so here's... You do um, have that, but it takes, let's say, three months for the team to build the content that they have to deliver. My tool is not the issue. The issue is that they have to deliver the content that they're going to put inside the tool. So when that team does not deliver in time, then the tool hurt, the tool gets hurt because they say, okay, fine, you're not delivering. And then they just take me out of the equation because mm-hmm. in the end, I am not the one that's producing the content for them. I mean, it sounds like what the, the value here is the content, not the gaming tool. So yeah. they don't need to pay you for anything. Uh, they need to create the content. And um, hence the pivoting. Well, but it sounds like you're pivoting. You said pivoting it was just a more robust blue rabbit. But what is that? If the problem no. here is you can't convince people to build content. What's this new project going to fix that? Or it's how? actually uh, because um, it's actually not a bigger, more robust blue rabbit. It's a different step. It's a step that you take before that. It makes it simpler for the for the companies to develop their content, and it simplifies the, the entire process of gamifying their products or services. So mm-hmm. it just it just takes a lot of the uh, time it takes to produce your learning uh, development or your um, training content that you want to deliver to to your people, and it becomes more like a um, step manager. And how did you just, negotiate the deal with this new partner? I mean, do you say I want eighty percent of the new company because I've already built Blue Rabbit for five yeah. years, or how do you negotiate that? No, we're we're going fifty fifty, and this is uh, he called me and he says I want you as my CTO and I want you fifty fifty. I want all of you because I know that you know more or less about the uh, how the the business works, and I don't know any of the tech side of it. So um, I want to build it like that. I have clients that are already willing for to pay for this. So let's let's work together. So he mm-hmm. brought the idea, and I'm working with him to deliver it. Interesting. And did you have you raised any capital, at Blue Rabbit? Do you have any investors? Um, yeah, that's another part of the equation. You know how you learn how to, to make good decisions? You By make making bad ones. bad ones. Yeah. So uh, one of the worst decisions I made was the investor that I decided to take in um, because he ended up crashing and losing everything. And he is, uh, it was, it, 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 it even got personal. So it was a very bad uh, choice of, a, of an investor. How much did you raise? We raised $25,000 and then he he ended up not even delivering all of it. He just wanted to put part of it. Then he wanted to see revenue before, and then he took money out of it and was like, so it it ended up being a very bad choice. And then trying to get other investors after that was uh, was my mistake. Why 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 go raise twenty five grand? I mean, they, they tell you this all the time. The small checks are the most annoying, right? You want go yeah. raise a million or nothing. You know what I mean? So why? I, I mean, you must have. How did you? Were there warning signs that this was going to be a problem early on? No, actually, there, there, um, there were not exactly any. For what I had as an, I mean, maybe as I was very naive and very inexperienced. But when he came up to me, he said I had just won the award for the outstanding gamification software, and they were like rushing towards me. And I was like, "Fine, let's do it. Let's let's push into it." 
and he was very eager to it. He brought the money, he brought the thing, he, he pushed on the tear thing, and about six months later, everything started crashing. And mm-hmm. um, I tell you, it gets a little personal, and and uh, I can tell you, a lot of things around him have fallen apart. So um, I I don't know. Um, I I do can tell you, I didn't see it coming. Probably it was my mistake for not being aware of all the other signs. And I agree with you. The smaller checks are are the are the most annoying. You should go for the bigger bucks because that way you're going to get better contracts, better structure, and you're going to make sure that you're not going to deal um, in those smaller quantities and people are going to be nitpicking everything out of you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. So you're going to bootstrap this new idea. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, but we also have... Um, uh, my my new partner also has uh, different uh, paths for investment. He has, uh, I think, it's two other uh, businesses that that are are good. He he already has hired people. He has a more robust structure, and he has a lot more experience than I do in business. So I, I'm trusting that side a little bit on it. Yeah, well, I'm certainly rooting for you. We'll see what happens there. But in the meantime, here, let's wrap up with the famous five. Uh, number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, uh, um, oh my God! I have the name. I, Oh, I, I always forget I have to get rework. It's my favorite business work, rework. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Not at all. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Blue Rabbit? Uh, Codeigniter. Number uh, four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Married with one two-year-old daughter. Yes, we, we do know that. And how old are you? I am 39, almost 40 in about four months. Very cool. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Um, trust your gut and ask for more money. <laughs> Guys, super honest interview. Blue Rabbit was a gamification platform doing 7000 bucks a month about two years ago. COVID hit them hard. They're now doing 200 bucks a month. They do have some seasonality where they'll do about you know, five, six, up to 10, 20, 30,000 bucks in revenue. So they haven't shut it down yet, but he is working on a side project, uh, which will launch here shortly. We'll see what happens next. Bernardo, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nate.